Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tonight on Revoke Black News Weekly. Here is someone who, for 67 years, has eluded and evaded justice. Will there be justice for Emmett Till, the movement to bring America's original Karen to justice? But is it too late? We get into the debate. He's dead in the grave because of the actions of this woman. I declare her a fugitive. Then... No one should be profiting off the punishment of others. America's cash bail system in an upheaval. How black Americans are pushing to level the playing field and break the judicial caste system. Plus... She's the queen. Whenever she drops something, the world stops. Beehive is about to turn things up as Kanye literally rolls into Miami and I'm on the ground for Rolling Loud. What attracted you to this venue? It's the energy, you know, it's the vibes. As the Avengers for Justice swoop into the Big Apple, making big noise. Stand up for the things they feel is wrong. All that and more as the Black News Revolution starts right now. Beyonce's renaissance is finally here and the beehive is buzzing. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Kennedy Rue. And I'm special correspondent Rochelle Ritchie. We'll get to Queen Bee in a minute, but we're starting with justice for Emmett Till, who would have turned 81 this week. His brutal murder in 1955 shook the world. Now an unfilled arrest warrant for accuser Carolyn Bryant has surfaced. Now there's a call to bring the original Karen to justice, even at 87 years old. Tonight, we explore if there will ever be real closure for Emmett Till and his family, or is it too late? That is tonight's top story. So many of us who know the story of Emmett Till know that he was the catalyst that sparked the American Civil Rights Movement. If we can get justice for Emmett Till, we can get justice for all those who've been slaughtered because of white supremacy. In 1955, 14-year-old Emmett Till, son of Mamie Till Mobley, and his cousin Wheeler Parker were visiting relatives in Money, Mississippi. But the young Chicago native was not prepared for the extreme racism for black people in the Jim Crow South. They always kind of prepped you for going to Mississippi, made you very aware of what could happen and what the South was like. And I don't know if Emmett was told or not. On August 24th, Emmett and a few other boys visited a general store owned by Roy Bryant and his wife, Carolyn. Carolyn later claimed that while in the store, Emmett grabbed her and made a lewd gesture. And when Bryant exited the store, she says Emmett whistled at her. When he whistled, he scared everybody in the bus. And when he saw our reaction, he got scared. The next night, two men, Roy Bryant and his brother-in-law, J.W. Millam, kidnapped Emmett from the home of his great-uncle, Moses Wright, drove him to a remote shed, beat him beyond recognition, and shot him in the head. His body, tied to a cotton gin fan, was found three days later submerged in the Tallahatchie River. It didn't have on any clothes at all. His body was so badly damaged that we couldn't hardly just tell who he was. Overcome with grief and determined that the nation bear witness to the barbaric execution of her son, Mamie Till invited Jet Magazine cameraman David Jackson to photograph Emmett's beaten and bloated face. She held an open casket funeral in Chicago. 
that the death of my son can mean something to the other unfortunate people all over the world, then for him to have died a hero would mean more to me than for him just to have died. Bryant and Millam were arrested and tried for the murder of Emmett Till. It took an all-white male jury just over an hour to find them not guilty. Well, the whole trial was just a farce, but the verdict was the one that I had expected. While Mamie Till passed away in 2003 without seeing justice for her son, she did witness the rise of the civil rights movement in the 1950s sparked by her son's murder, which still resonates today with the signing of the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act by President Joe Biden on March 29, 2022. It took something to let them know that we're either going to stand together or we're going to fall together. The case was reopened again in 2018 after information surfaced in an unpublished memoir by Carolyn Bryant, the lone survivor of the trio of perpetrators. She had recanted her testimony about Emmett's behavior in the market, but again, justice proved elusive after the Mississippi grand jury closed the case, concluding it could not prove she lied. Here is someone who for 67 years has eluded and evaded justice. No one is allowed to do that except for those who have white skin privilege. In June, the untold story of Emmett Lewis Till, filmmaker Keith Beauchamp and others discovered a 1955 unserved arrest warrant for both the Bryants and Millam inside a Mississippi Circuit Court clerk's office. The family members, we have never stopped and we will never stop until we get justice. If we pride ourselves at being a country of, of freedom and equality, then we must continue to fight for justice for Emmett Lewis Till at all costs. Open up the door. In July, activists in North Carolina, led by attorney Malik Shabazz, attempted to serve the warrant on Carolyn Bryant, who is now in her late 80s. Still, the Mississippi Attorney General's office stated the unserved warrant does not constitute new evidence for prosecution. Carolyn Bryant Donham has ran and hid from justice long enough. The lack of justice in Emmett Till's story is still echoing today every time we hear of the slaughter of black and brown on the streets of America. Join me with more insight are attorney Malik Shabazz, political activist Jericho Green, and digital creator starring Amber. Malik, I want to start with you. Is what's happening right now with Carolyn Bryant, is this a glaring lack of justice? I mean, you took matters into your own hands. The video went viral when information came out that there was a warrant for her arrest that was not served. What were you thinking in trying to serve your own arrest warrant? What we're doing is putting the pressure on the United States Justice Department, the state prosecutors in LaFleur County, Mississippi, Mr. Dwayne Richardson, uh, to serve this valid and sealed warrant from the LaFleur County Courthouse. This warrant is to have her arrested for kidnapping. And that's what all of our actions are about, to have the law arrest her. So, Jericho, let me bring you into this conversation. I mean, what do you think of Malik's actions? You know, what can be gained by serving an arrest warrant for Carolyn Bryant, who has really avoided justice for a number of years? This is one of the most horrible things to happen in the United States of America. This is an irremovable stain on the history of America. But I don't think that any justice can be served through this woman being arrested. 
Now, her age isn't the issue, but the woman is suffering from dementia. So would she even be able to stay in trial, to face punishment? Would she even be aware of what's going on? Having law enforcement putting the pressure on him, like he was saying, to, to carry out this warrant, to execute this warrant, is probably all that can be done. I think teaching people, making sure that people know that this is part of American history, letting them know what happened and how terrible this is, is pretty much all that can be done because the fact that she has dementia, she won't stand trial. All they can do is arrest her and book her and then that's it. She won't go to trial. She won't face any punishment. And it's worth mentioning that the Department of Justice has investigated Carolyn Bryant a number of times, and each time no federal charges have been brought. The professor that wrote that she recanted her story actually didn't have the recording of her saying it. It wasn't in the transcript. So there's a lot of debate around whether or not there is any real justice that can be served in this case based off of her, uh, her medical records and then previous investigations. No one had a problem with dragging off 83-year-old Bill Cosby and hauling him off to jail for the rest of his life, only the appeals process freed him. We don't have any sympathy, sympathy for Carolyn Bryant. I don't think we should be acting as her defense attorneys trying to put defenses up for her after she's involved in the murder of one of the greatest martyrs of all time. One of our weaknesses as a people is we're always looking to get our oppressors off or released, and we're taking a hard line. The grand jury reconvened for manslaughter, and facts coming from the family and others now that I represent indicate right. that she should be indicted for murder. Yeah, she absolutely should face some sort of punishment. Let me bring Amber into this conversation. Amber, as a youth, does your generation really even pay attention to this story? I do feel like we should um, talk about it, like people should know what happened, because what happened was a tragedy, like it should never happen, like we should definitely be more aware about that. But I feel like we don't pay enough attention to all the, the deaths in our community. Like every time I log on to social media, it's a new young black man dying. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. For no reason, like we have issues happening right now in the present that is not that we're not focusing on the last question i want to get to all three of you very quickly 10 seconds each some say this is one of the first prominent cases of karenism so are white women deemed above reproach when it comes to the law amber i'm going to go ahead and start with you again love i don't necessarily think so but i do see how people can feel that way because i've seen it happen like with like like amber heard and this lady but she has she has dementia i just feel like it's like it's unfortunately a loss the situation is a lost cause. Like, I don't think there's anything we can do. To answer your question direct, I think that white women will be beyond reproach as long as we don't hold them accountable right now. Mm -hmm. Emmett Till never made it to be 87, 77, or 57. He's dead in the grave because of the actions of this woman. I declare her a fugitive, and as a black man, I'm standing up for my people and standing yeah. up against injustice, and I will hold her accountable, and she will be brought to justice. There will be no peace in her life, dementia or not. She is involved in the murder of Emmett Till. She shall be held accountable. I don't agree with that. I think women in general are held above reproach. I think women in general are believed um, over a man, not just white women. But uh, no, I, I don't agree with that at all. All right. Well, Malik, Jericho, Amber, thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be right back.
If we're just going to accept a system that treats you better if you're rich and guilty than if you're poor and innocent, then we can't claim to be just. That is Michael B. Jordan defending Jamie Foxx in the 2019 drama Just Mercy. Welcome back. That film speaks to an issue we're tackling this week, unlocking and disrupting the cash bail system. For many, if you have money, you can buy your freedom. But what about the disenfranchised and those criminalized due to poverty? The incarceration rate and its effect on all sectors of society, particularly the people who are already disproportionately affected by the law and people who can't afford to buy their way out of it, is one that is deep and it is prolific. Over two and a half million people incarcerated, the United States is one of two countries in the world, along with the Philippines, that keeps people in jail because they cannot afford to post bail. The biggest change that needs to come to the criminal justice system that I think can be uh, accessed and understood without even talking about race is removing commercialism and capitalism from systems of law. Could you afford to pay $5,000 to get out of jail? No, ma'am. How long did you sit in jail for? Three months. You have uh, a cash bail system that then takes uh, people who usually don't have a lot of money economically. Not only are they already being over-policed, but they don't have a lot of money to participate in civil society as it is. When the judge decided that I needed to come up with $500 cash in order to be able to await my trial as a free person, I was never asked if I could afford the amount. I could not and was sent back to myself. The current system profoundly affects black women who account for 44% of incarcerated women. And 80% of those black women are single mothers, like Starmony Jackson, who spent a week away from her children while in jail. Unable to call into work, I lost my job at a nursing home because I could not pay my rent. We lost our home. It took me months to recover financially. Activists across the country are winning city and state battles to change the system. In Detroit, judges must now go on record on how implementing cash bail will protect the community. In 2017, then New Jersey Governor Chris Christie signed a law giving judges the power to detain anyone without bail and abolish cash bail for nonviolent defendants. I'm also sensitive to the fact that he's working and he's supporting four children. So I'm satisfied that um, I'll release him on level three. Condition of your release though, and I very rarely do this, you have to be employed, all right? We're gonna monitor you now, all right? All right. In 2021, Governor J.B. Pritzker of Illinois signed a historic criminal justice reform bill into law that will end cash bail statewide by 2023, making Illinois the first state in the nation to do so. One that remarks a transformative step forward in Illinois' effort to lead the country in dismantling systemic racism. In California, the state Supreme Court eliminated cash bail for defendants who can't afford it, determining the system unconstitutional. And federally, the Pretrial Integrity Safety Act of 2021 was introduced to the House for consideration by California Representative Ted Lieu. Incarceration should be a final option. It should be the last thing that we consider, understanding that people have jobs, they have children that they could lose as a result of being in jail. So that's a lot to lose. Or again, something you might not be guilty of. 
Joining me for more on this conversation are nationally recognized advocate for criminal justice reform, Glenn Martin, and activist Oliver Mack, who is joining us from his car, who is also known as the right-wing angel. Thank you so much, Glenn. Thank you, Oliver, for joining us. Glenn, I'm going to start with you. Really quickly, what is wrong with the cash bail system? Everything. Uh, our cash bail system essentially undermines justice and fairness, disproportionately harms black and poor people. I mean, it really is a monetization of misery. As an entrepreneur, I understand the importance of people being able to engage and make money in a capitalist society. At the same time, I think I, I know I draw the line where you're profiting off of the punishment of other people. And the history of cash bail proves that no one should be profiting off the punishment of others. Oliver, what is, what is your response to the fact that, you know, Glenn is saying that our cash bail system is problematic all around? I just don't believe that it's a problem that the black community should be focused on. I mean, out of the list of all the issues that plague the black community, I wouldn't even rank it within the top 40. If the black community would focus more on keeping our people out of that system rather than focused on changing that system, I think we can make a lot of more, a lot more headway in terms of making sure that our people didn't end up having to experience that. But Oliver, when you think about cases like, if you think of Khalif Browder um, in New York, spent three years on Rikers Island for allegedly stealing a backpack, couldn't afford a $3,000 bail, and he ended up spending three years in jail. Does that sound like justice to you? Does that sound like a cash bail system that actually works? You can take situations like that and say, yes, maybe there should be some reform to the bail system in terms of petty crimes. But yet and still, we have to focus on the fact that it's an actual crime that's being committed. So we have a lot of situations, just like in New York, where we had a reform done to the bail system and it ended up costing people their lives. So we had an actual person who got on, on bail and actually stabbed a woman 40 times while he was out on bail. And then you also have situation that was in Wisconsin where the guy got on a yeah. bill and ended up going running over 60 people and killing six. So you got to look at it in that through that lens as well. You know, the, mo the most longstanding diversion program in America has been white skin and privilege. The fact of the matter is that the Constitution needs to apply to everyone. There are a lot of wealthy white people in this country accused, not convicted. You said convicted. These people are accused of a crime and they're able to sit at home and fight their case. They have more access to their lawyers. They have more access to researchers that can help make the case. Folks are still innocent until proven guilty in this country, except black and brown defendants are 10 to 25 percent more likely to be detained pretrial and to receive financial conditions uh, for their release. Young black men in particular are 50 percent more likely to be detained pretrial. The truth is violent crime is up all across our country. We need to do something about it. But prisons have become the repository for people who failed out of all these other systems, housing, education, health care, mental health, poverty, you name it. People don't wind up in jail because they wake up in the morning and say, I want to go to jail. Many of them wind up there because we've criminalized all these things. Yeah, but they do wind up going to jail because they're committing crimes. Like that's that's the number one factor that we have. To I'm take allegedly, I'm surprised. I'm surprised a conservative wouldn't hang his hat on the Constitution, allegedly. We're talking about people that are accused and charged, not convicted, and there's a huge difference in what those words actually mean. But Oliver, some people would say there are criminals that deserve to not walk out of jail without any li limitations. How do you respond to that? Well, I mean, it depends on the crime. So if you do have a crime, a violent crime, where that person has a chance or an opportunity to go out and do something else, then that person should remain in jail. But 
I mean, we do have cases where, yes, you may think that this person, well, they're they're just accused, but when the evidence is mounting up against that person, and we do have history that shows that this person may go out and commit a crime again, then I think we also have to take that into consideration. Well, you're talking about recidivism there, and what's interesting about this is yes. that in your own state, you're in Texas right now, you're in Houston, your own state has sort of revamped its cash bail system to not keep people in jail that are actually low-level offenders. Glenn, I want to ask you, how does this actually impact uh, law-abiding citizens, and what would be your approach to changing the system? The punishment is in the process. The majority of these people that are sitting in jail on any given day, over a half a million, Essentially, many of them will be found in... Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. In the end, many of them will be found at the charges that are against them. The majority of them will be reduced, even if they are convicted of any of those charges. Many states have gotten rid of their cash bail or reduced cash bail for huge categories. And what they have found is the only thing they couldn't resolve in those situations is the racial disparity that continues to plague our criminal justice system. But they have found that people actually show up to court and there's no evidence that show that people do not reoffend while they're waiting to go back to court. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that in Washington D.C., they got rid of their cash bail system, and even though they had 90, they released 95 percent of low-level offenders. 90 percent of them still showed up to court uh, to face the judge. So, Oliver, Glenn, thank you so much for joining us here on Revolt Black News Weekly. We look forward to having you again. Welcome back, guys. I'm Kennedy Rue, fresh from Miami as Rolling Loud made some major noise. But first, the Beehive is getting ready to turn up as Beyonce's new music hits the streets. That tops this week's entertainment remix. She's the queen. You know, whenever she drops something, the world stops. Beyonce's renaissance is here. We've seen her song list that features tracks with Jay-Z, Drake, and the legendary Grace Jones. Even before its official release, music expert Mark Elbert describes Beyonce's fourth studio album as an immediate worldwide success. I think her biggest impact is it's really hard to get people's attention now with these days. Her ability to get people to sit down and listen to what it is that she's putting out. Um, an artist can put something out now and then within three days, they're gonna forget about it. With Beyonce, I don't think that happens. She has this she has this aura about her. She has this magic that lures people in. Super fan Kiki Palmer is one of them. It's the longevity for me. It's the longevity. 
That is the key. A lot of people don't want to accept the reality of what longevity really means. Everything doesn't just pop off like that. You know, it takes time. And I remember I was walking down the street in Berlin one time and um, I heard a girl talking in her conversation. She's like, I mean, totally like Beyonce wasn't built in a day. And I'm like, yes, Beyonce was not built in a day. It, you know, when I say that she's an endless source of inspiration, it's that this is a marathon, sweetheart, not a race. And she's somebody that has continuously showed us that just when you think she's finished, She's like, oh no, the fat lady ain't staying yet. And could we maybe expect a surprise appearance by the queen at next month's VMA Awards? Lil Nas and Kendrick Lamar leading the pack of nominees with seven each. Turn up the music. Lizzo, Nas, and Drake all up for video of the year. And the return of Black Panther honoring the late Chadwick Boseman has the world's attention. The trailer for the November sequel, Wakanda Forever, got a shocking 172 million views in just 24 hours. What attracted you to this venue? Oh man, you know what I'm saying? It's the energy, you know, it's the vibe. This is Florida, this is where I'm from. Ace Hood proudly representing his home state at Rolling Loud Miami. The festival made several headlines this year. After canceling his much-hyped show, Kanye delighted fans with a surprise set. Travis Scott made his first festival appearance since the tragedy at Astroworld. And then there was a livid Kid Cudi. The rapper's performance lasted less than 30 minutes before walking off stage after getting hit by water bottles. But there was no stopping rapper Yo Gotti on his campaign for better prison conditions at the first ever social justice summit hosted by Rock Nation and the United Justice Coalition. I think everybody should always um, stand up for the things that they feel is wrong. The summit also saw social justice leader Charlemagne the God, Dr. Bernice King, and Eric Gardner's mom, Gwen Carr, fighting to eradicate injustice. The former B2K frontman Omarion is not holding anything back, delivering some serious tea with his new docuseries, Omega, The Gift and the Curse. The series spotlights the behind-the-scenes turmoil during their rocky 2019 reunion tour. I don't feel safe. He almost hit the promoter with the mic, man. You never stop wasting everybody's time how do i think that um my former uh, bandmates are going to react to the docuseries um i think they've already reacted I, th I think in the end i think they will appreciate it though i've never dressed it in this way it's time and it's time to shake up television and make history with some dynamic unapologetic black women are you ready for us Here's your first look at the cast of Revolt's first all-female talk show, Black Girl Stuff. Hosts Akila Friend, Brie Renee, Toy Bricks, and Demetria Ovalor, and yours truly, are set to embrace our power and change the chat game August 2nd, right here on Revolt TV. Switching to global headlines, beginning with the powerhouse sister making history in Colombia. And we get more details about the teens killed at a South African nightclub as we go black all over the world. First up, Bogota, Colombia reached a political milestone in electing their first female black vice president, Francia Marquez. Gracias por haber hecho el camino. 
In 2018, she won the Environmentalist Activist Award after organizing a campaign to protect her community's ancestral and land rights from industrial projects. On the campaign trail, Marquez continued to stand up. Not shying away from her African roots, she wants to defeat the deep structural racism, work with armed groups to reverse the spike in violence that occurred this year, and to reconcile the nation. Marquez doesn't plan to wait until August 7th to assume her position. She announced her work will start now to create a new government focused on equality. Next up, we head to Spain, where thousands of people were protesting Las Vidas Negras in Portan, Spanish for Black Lives Matter. In several cities across the country, thousands are calling for an investigation over the deaths of at least 23 African migrants in the North African Spanish enclave of Melilla, near Morocco. The gruesome video went viral across social media, showing dozens of lifeless African bodies. In response, Spain's Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez defended the Moroccan and Spanish police for their handling of the incident, describing it as an attempt to attack the integrity of Spanish borders. This just after the two countries experienced diplomatic differences earlier this year. Migrants being beaten with batons. In the same efforts for border control, a Moroccan city judge has now sentenced 33 migrants to 11 months in prison for the attempt of illegal entry. This is the highest recorded number of deaths in a single incident over many years. Refugee groups describe an indiscriminate use of violence and human rights organizations are calling for a deeper investigation into the deaths. London, South Africa. More updates about the tragic night at a tavern where 21 teen bodies, ranging from 13 to 17, were found dead. When you look at their faces, you realize that they're dealing with kids, 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 kids. Uh, you have heard the story that they are young, but when you see them, you realize that is a disaster. With no signs of visible injury, grieving families buried their children and officials were still left questioning what led to the death of so many young people. Blame must be laid at the feet of those who are making money of the dreams and the lives of young people of South Africa by breaking the law and selling alcohol to underage children. Now, following the results of the investigation, it's been revealed the toxic chemical methanol was identified as a cause of death. Uh, methanol has been uh, detected in all the 21 individuals that was there. However, there is still a progressive analysis of, of the levels of methanol. So we just have the qualitative result that says uh, all 21 of them had methanol in their blood, but we still need to get the quantitative levels, which will then tell us whether these were at lethal or non-lethal uh, uh, levels. The incident has shed light on teenage drinking and the rise of drug use in the community. However, it is still unknown how the teens ingested the drug. As we are standing here right now, we need justice because we don't know what happened. Last stop, we're back in Russia with Brittany Griner, who remains behind bars, leaving her supportive wife a message wishing her good luck on her bar exam. I want my person back. You know, um, I feel every second that BG's not here. You know, most people are counted by the days, but it's not a, 
It's not days for me. This week, Reiner entered the courtroom and finally had the opportunity to be questioned by prosecutors as... Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Her defense team continues to argue that Griner did not intend to break the law. Over 160 days in jail, Griner expressed the designated language interpreter was only translating parts of what was said and revealed that the officials instructed her to sign documents with no explanation. These are awful and shameful steps uh, to hold American citizens for political leverage as well. I mean, I, in Brittany Griner's case, my heart goes out to her wife and her family as well. No word on how long the trial will go on, but the court has now authorized Griner's detention to last till December 20th. We cannot stop fighting for her. We cannot stop, stop believing for her. And we will not stop hoping for the day when we can welcome her home safely. We are BG. As Brittany Griner graces the cover of Time magazine, her fight for freedom continues as the Biden administration is now reportedly offering Griner and a prisoner exchange for a Russian arms dealer. I plan to raise an issue that's a top priority for us. The release of Americans Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner. There's more Revolt Black News Weekly straight ahead. Moving on to the legal headlines that we're following, beginning with the ongoing RICO charges facing hip-hop artists, we get the latest in our gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage of who's caught in the system. Just the Just My stomach hurts. My up first, it's been over two years since the killing of George Floyd, and now former Minneapolis police officers Tu Tao and J. Alexander King have been sentenced in federal prison. They will serve three years for helping to restrain Floyd back in May 2020. The news comes just days after Thomas Lane, the officer who held Floyd's legs, received more than two years behind bars. We're going to get the worst of the worst off of our streets. Those that are terrorizing our communities, being in gangs, committing violence against us. A takedown seen and heard across the country. Atlanta police using intelligence to focus on tackling one geographic gang stronghold at a time. Putting us in a paddock in my piece. I'm pushing people. Cop new hammers for my piece. We don't want no peace. Got a spot the DA, she is trying to cut the source off at the head, right? So with Gunna and Young Thug, they are considered like the top, right? They are considered the money people. And so that is the benefit of a RICO because you do not have to prove that the money man did anything. You just have to prove that they are associated or that somehow, some way they are funding the activity. And so that is the argument of the DA. The applied pressure to sweep more gangs off the street first hit as YSL recording artists Gunna and Young Thug remain behind bars for criminal conspiracies and other charges. How do you need that many bullets for one person? A question many are still asking, and one that Pamela Walker, mother of Jalen Walker, is tearfully demanding answers for. All I can go on is what I hear, that he had a gun. He's never even talked about guns around me 
ever. I think if I were him and the way that police respond to black young men, I would run too. Police said a gun was found in the car, but Walker was unarmed at the time he was killed. The interview comes after the NAACP makes a plea to have the Justice Department open a federal civil rights investigation into the fatal shooting. We need to continue to come to social media and the online space with a sense of vigilance and making sure that voices on the margin, people on the margin are protected and able to take full advantage of it. writer Raquel Willis speaking for trans black women. Welcome back. Now, trans issues continue to be a hotbed topic, especially in athletics. We are keeping the conversation going as legislation to ban transgender athletes from participating in school sports are a major talking point. So do such laws violate civil rights or do they give certain advantages and disadvantages to student athletes? Let's get into it. Here with us today is college basketball coach Ramia Griffin and former high school track star Andrea Yearwood. Ramia, I'm starting with you. Do you think transgender athletes have an unfair advantage in cisgender sports? Personally, I just believe because of their biological makeup, uh, transgender athletes have an advantage in cis sports, especially trans women. In women's sports, I, I think they just have a huge advantage biologically. And, you know, some scientists, Andrea, would agree with what Ramia is saying, saying that, you know, when males hit puberty, their testosterone levels go up. And even though you can have uh, testosterone decreasing medication, that it still does not decrease it enough to where they can fairly compete with women. What are your thoughts on that as a transgender athlete? Well, I've kind of always felt that sports as a whole have been kind of a disadvantage to all athletes. I kind of think regardless of gender, or race or anything of that sort. I mean, there are a lot of components that an athlete may have or not have that could allow them to win or lose a race be better than another athlete. Well, let me get back to you, Ramia. Do you think that it's possible that maybe separating trans and Sith athletes is, is encouraging some sort of anti-transgender rhetoric? I don't think it's encouraging an anti-transgender rhetoric at all. I think, and I wanna be careful with my words here, separating them, I mean, that I think transgender athletes should have their own league. That way, I think it's fair um, as far as their biological makeup. They're competing against other people that are the same as them on the inside. And so that way, they don't not have to compete because at the same time, I don't think it's fair that trans athletes don't get to compete in sports. I don't think that that's right. I think they should, but I think they should compete against people that are the same as them biologically. Andrea, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think that, you know, as a, a trans woman, that you should be participating in a separate sport than, you know, other, other women? No, I do not. I feel that trans athletes competing in an, entire, an entirely different trans category is only further excluding them from the sport and further excluding them from society, I think, as a whole, kind of like othering them. You're like, okay, y'all are trans, so y'all are gonna be put over here. And then not only that, kind of like, who are we going to run against if there aren't like that many trans athletes to begin with? But I mean, we have to look at the science though. Like, I mean, the science does say that a man, a, a natural born man is stronger than a natural born woman. Do you think there's any sort of validity to that? 
I think to a certain extent, kind of like what I said previously, that yes, there may be advantages, but I think there's that in every sport within every athlete. And so for you to kind of pinpoint a trans athlete just because, I mean, I personally think because our society as a whole maybe isn't as accustomed to the trans community, accustomed to the trans community, especially within sport, that we are kind of an easy target to, pick, pin, to pinpoint. And they kind of be like, okay, y'all have an advantage, so we're going to take you out of the equation. But I think that only harms not only trans athletes, but everybody involved in the athletics world. Now, Ramia, as a college basketball coach, is there a way to sort of level the playing field? You mentioned, obviously, a separation of, of athletes that are trans and those that are cis. Um, is that the only solution to this, or is there something else that could possibly happen to where there is a form of equity on both sides? Uh, to be honest, I think that is the only solution is to separate it, just to make it fair. I mean, for example, um, you have the Special Olympics, right? People in the Special Olympics are competing against other people with disabilities, making it just a fair playing ground. Not saying that people with disabilities uh, can't compete with people that don't have disabilities. It's just this making it fair for, you know, what disability they have versus people that, you know, don't have disabilities. I think the same thing can go for uh, transgender athletes. I think there's too many variables as far as, well, this person started transitioning when they were 10 versus when they were 20, or they take hormone blockers or they don't. You know, I feel like there's too many just variables in general. So I think just to make it fair is to just separate the athletes based on their biological makeup. Yeah, and then, you know, I think some people might obviously have a little bit of an issue with that when we talk about separ separating people. Andrea, why do you think that it's important for trans women to be included in women's sports? Generally because it's kind of a basic human right to be able to participate in sports, to be able to have fun with your peers. I mean, especially for a lot of youth, especially for trans youth, I feel like we are kind of, we're already vilified enough in society, whether it be from home or a school or like even in our own communities. And I feel like for us to now have to deal with that in sport, I mean, like, why would you want any kid or any person to have to go through that? Not only, again, outside of sport, but now in sport as well. Well, Ramia, Andrea, thank you both for joining us in on this very important conversation. We'll be back with our... Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba revolutionary of the week before we go we shine a spotlight on rolling loud miami and the man bridging the gap to allow the hearing impaired to enjoy hip-hop matt maxi's dope method to deliver the message is what makes his organization our revolutionary of the week Matt Maxey joined thousands during Rolling Loud Miami, revolutionizing American Sign Language through a hip-hop lens. I actually worked with a team of people. It was actually pretty cool because we had three deaf interpreters working together with two hearing interpreters. And we worked for Don Tolliver, Ice Train, Johnny Dash, Playboy Cardi. I'm kind of getting used to it, like, rage. I was like, whoa, okay, okay. But he's from Atlanta, so I rock with Black American Sign Language is a dialect of American Sign Language most commonly used by deaf African Americans in the U.S. Matt met an opportunity to express himself with flavor and created Definitely Dope. Now you see more Black Sign Language interpreters 
accurately conveying the music. They're accurately showing the vibe. They're actually showing how they get down, whether it's WAP or Cardi B or Migos or whoever else. You're showing how we actually, okay, this is how we're supposed to do it. Compared to most of the time when we see sign language interpreted, it's kind of stuck in a box or it's not, oh, it's not my kind of vibe. I, I appreciate you, you're giving me a message, but I'm not vibing. And with the culture now coming in, it becomes more of a vibe which makes it more revolutionary for the school program, for interpreted program, for people who want sign language to be a part of their whole act or commodity. They see something that fits it more, which makes them want to become more inclusive and more accessible. So it becomes a domino ripple effect from just seeing it one time and you just start thinking, hey, I'm doing all these dances. What if I had sign language with this dance? I got all these background people. What if I include an interpreter with that? That way I reach out to more audience. All these doors start opening and the possibilities become endless. It's a style that's opened doors for Matthew to share his gift and love for hip-hop with the genre's biggest performers. We're just trying to enhance the performance. So no matter what, we're not as good until the performer is at their best. So the better the performance, the better we become because we're trying to match that same energy. Creating a lane for himself, Matthew hopes to inspire the next generation. You really can do what you put your mind to. And if you have a passion for it and you have a set goal for it, everything is open for you. The world is yours. What a dope talent and an amazing gift to give to the hearing impaired so that they too can enjoy hip hop, right Kennedy? Yeah, it was awesome seeing all the hip hop fans out there enjoying the festival this past weekend. Well done, Matt. That does it for us. We'll see you guys next time. Later. needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off ba da ba ba ba